and welcome back to Toddler Purgatory. I am one of your hosts, Blair Brooks. Hello, I'm the other host, Molly Lloyd. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Listen, today, Molly and I, we're hitting up a real important subject. It's a little subject we like to call... Nobody told me that. Nobody told me that. Wait, 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 wait. Nobody told me that. That's what we're talking about today. That's what we're talking about today. Everybody, it's the subject that comes up so often during, oh, I don't know, pregnancy, tiny babyhood, and toddlerhood, and olderhood, which is, nobody told me that. Things that come up in the parenthood journey that really it would have been nice to know. And this is the thing. We're not talking about, like, the chicken soup for your soul of being a parent. You know, not that kind of like, you know, all these books that you get. We're talking about the real deal. You know, we actually posted on the What Fresh Hell Facebook page a question to ask people, hey, what would have been nice to know, guys, before this? What are some things that nobody told you that maybe could have helped you out in your parenthood journey, specifically with babies or toddlers, kids under six, which is our target range here on Toddler Purgatory? And one thing that made me laugh, a listener named Raven said, you'd never have kids if they let you in on the secrets. Ain't that the truth? Raven, you're right. Molly, what in the beginnings of you and your husband's journey and even into pregnancy, what were things that you found that you were like, wait, 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 wait. Nobody told me that. You know, here's something that happened. Nobody told me it would take five years to get pregnant. (laughs) Nobody told me that. Right? Nobody told me that either. I mean, we have friends who it took a long time to get pregnant. We have friends who unfortunately were never able to get pregnant, found other ways in their journey of parenthood to become parents. Some friends who decided it wasn't for them and some friends who, you know, drop of a hat uh, somehow yep. got pregnant, like mm-hmm. literally said the word pregnant and they were like, oh, I am. I am pregnant. Oh, look at that. Isn't that weird? Look at that. <laughs> and for us, it was, we played the long game. We, uh, yeah, we didn't try for a while. We didn't try to not get pregnant. <laughs> and then we tried to get pregnant, i.e. the peeing on sticks and tracking ovulation and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. Still didn't happen. And I was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we got our individual yep. equipment checked out and everything checked out fine. And other than the fact that now at this point, I'm approaching the end of my uh, my late 30s. So I know that my egg production is going down, etc. Mm-hmm. So then we did IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. We did that for a few months. And then I took some medicine to increase my egg production. And unfortunately, for five rounds, it did not. Wow. Okay. So nobody told me that after five rounds. Yeah. It still wouldn't be happening. So then we did the thing where our fertility doctor said, when something is not working, it is not working. And we're like, got it. (laughs) Got it. Great. Thank you. Thank you. This is seven months after we had gotten married. So we said, all right, let's go on honeymoon and not think about it and not worry about it. And that's exactly what we did. And we came back pregnant. Pew, 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 pew. It worked. It worked. It worked. Which is good. Wow. And that happens to some people and it doesn't happen for other people. Everybody's journey is so different. So I do want to acknowledge that we, you know, got a little lucky, to be honest with you. Yeah. And so that's how it works. So yeah, nobody told me that my pregnancy journey was going to be... Five years long plus than the pregnancy itself, right? Because like when you're in high school, it's like, don't do it. It'll happen. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to. And then when you want it to, it's like, but I'm doing it. It's not happening. But I'm doing it. It's not happening. Yeah. Here's something that somebody told me. It's so little. But for those of listeners, et cetera, who are listening, who have 
little babies are expecting little babies. One thing that really saved my back was something that somebody did tell me, which was when nursing, always bring your baby to the breast. Don't bring your breast to the baby. There's so many B words in that, but I managed to get it out. (laughs) And that really helped me. And I heard about that a few weeks into nursing. And I realized that indeed I was hunching. I would have little D, my now four and a half year old, on what is that thing that you have that you put around your waist? Boppy? Yes. And very helpful. And so I had him on there and I would be bending over mm-hmm. because I want him to be able to relax. And I was bringing my breast to him and I realized that that was really good. So I just what worked for me was I ended up repositioning the boppy up a little bit and kind of just changing it around to where I needed it yep. to be able to support him while he was being brought to my breast, which really, really helped. So that was something somebody did tell me along the lines of that of breastfeeding. Listen, this is something that they don't tell you. Just because it's natural doesn't mean it comes naturally or feels natural, right? Right. I mean, the whole breastfeeding thing, I thought my kid was going to pop out and just be like, "Mm, let me eat. That was not the case. And I stressed out, which caused your milk supply to go down. To go down. Didn't know that. And I had one nurse that was like, listen, Chica, you got to calm down. You need to get rest. You need to take care of yourself so you can get your milk supply up. And if your baby needs some formula, that's what we're going to give them. And I was like, yeah, you sure? But they say. Yeah. She's like, yeah, a fed baby is a good baby and a healthy baby and a happy yep. mom. And I was like, oh, you're so right. So I went both ways. I went breast and formula. I co-did it. What is that when you like double? What is that called? I think it's called double fisting. <laughs> The baby's like, I got a breast over here, got a bottle right there. I'm going to get fed everywhere. Uh, num, 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 num. <laughs> I don't know. It's like co-feeding. Or I'm not sure what it's called, but it's what there's a tandem. I don't know. You know, y'all know that. Listen, there's a, mom brain is for real. They take everything from you. Words, <laughs> soul, everything, everything. It's all. So you did both. Did you do both throughout the infancy of both your kids? Yeah, I did. I had a low supply from the jump. And that was mostly because I had a breast reduction. Mm. Huh. For those of you that didn't know. And I was told actually that I would not be able to breastfeed because of it. Oh, really? But it was not true. Mm. Something that they didn't tell me. So I was able to breastfeed, but I did have like a little bit of a low supply. So I use, I supplemented, there's that word, supplementation. I supplemented with formula for like night feeds Yeah. And sometimes morning feeds, just, you know, when your body isn't at its peak production Milky Way. (laughs) Yeah. My kid went down. He was born six, nine, six pounds, nine ounces. He was born six feet, nine inches. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. My son is LeBron James. (laughs) It was a rough birth. Can you imagine? No, he was six pounds, nine ounces. And in the first week went down to like five pounds, 13 ounces. So we did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking and I felt like I had failed. Yeah, of course. Oh, as a mom in the first week, no one tells you that. Why do we, nobody tells you that it's common? Nobody tells you that yes, you're still a good mom or caretaker. And all those hormones like to play tricks on you. They like to play mean tricks on you and you're just like, "What am I doing wrong?" And your body's Let's like, be- "I'm trying to heal. Give me a second. You're fine." So he supplemented for a little while. I can't remember how many days, probably maybe five to seven days while my milk came in, of course. And then it was fine after that 
for me. So we were able to not have to supplement after that, but I was really grateful for formula. Here's a hard right, but I have to say this thing that one of our listeners, Britt, suggested on the Facebook page. So now we're, I'm going a little bit older as your kid is starting to maybe toddle around a little bit, year, year and a half, some kids, nine months. She said, when you put human toddler shoes on an actual chunky toddler foot, it's like cramming Barbie's high heel on your Ken doll. Good luck. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? They are so chunky. Their feet are like, I don't even know how to, they're like chicken nuggets. Nobody tells you like, you know, they make these cute little shoes, but they don't tell you that they actually don't fit into them. It's not literally like, cramming a chicken nugget into a toothpaste tube. Yeah, and they're curling their toes. They're pointing their foot. They don't care about the fact that you have these beautiful shoes, you know, that someone (laughs) bought you off your registry that are gorgeous. And you're like, oh, these are going to be so cute. She's going to look like a little doll from the 18th century. Look at these little white booties that they're only going to wear once. And they're going to kick them off. They're also going to kick... Those little chicken nugs are going to kick them off. They're going to kick them off. You know where they're going to kick them off? In the supermarket parking lot where they will never be found again. But boy, were they cute. Exactly. Boy, were they cute. That's something nobody ever tells you. If you have two of anything, one is going to get lost in the supermarket parking lot, Target parking lot. Yep. Walmart parking lot. For sure. Parking lot. If you lose anything, go to the last parking lot you're at. And the last thing we're going to do before we go to a break is just talk very briefly about what Nikki said on our Facebook page. This is hitting that thing nobody ever tells you that we shouldn't worry so much about comparing our kids' developmental progress with other kids. Don't do it. So Nikki reminded us of this on our Facebook page. She said her first kid walked at 15 months. When her second started to walk at 10 months, she said, I may have sort of lightly pushed her down so she wouldn't be taken (laughs) off so soon. (laughs) That was mine. My second one was starting, ready for this, at seven months. Oh, no. Just pulling herself up. Oh, let me tell you, I may have kicked her behind the knees. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Take her down. Too soon. <laughs> it's like, nope, not on my watch, little baby. Because, of course, not on my watch. You had another two-year-old, right? Like, who was actually toddling around. So how can you do two? And he didn't start walking until he was like 18 months. He was like, well, I'll get to it. He took his time. Eventually. He took his time. So that's a great example. But this one was like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm doing it. So when did she start actually walking, you know, one at one? Her first birthday, she was like, hey, y'all, guess what? I got a little surprise for you on my birthday. And she just started running. And then, you know, it's so funny when they first start because they just like, they just look like drunk people. Yep. I love it. They're just like drunkards. And they always have like a mega block in one hand and like a squeeze bottle, a sippy cup, I mean, in the other hand. And they're just like, woo. When our little guy started walking and even till now, whenever he does anything that remotely resembles inebriated person, we call him Steve. (laughs) We're like, Steve, Steve, put down the sippy cup. Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve. He always thinks he can just walk out the door. Steve, you're in no condition to walk out the door. There's actually on YouTube, a friend of mine sent this to me years ago. It's on YouTube. It's called Drunk Baby. Oh, yes. I love it. In the cafe. Yes. And it's the baby with all the puppets. It is his. Do yourself a favor. If you need a good laugh, it is so hysterical. Hey, we'll be back in just a few minutes after this break with more things nobody ever told us. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. 
When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for coming back, everybody. This episode, we are talking about what nobody told me, and also some things that everybody told us, and they were wrong. Meh. Meh. Because we have expectations going into pregnancy and going into our kids growing bigger. And, you know, sometimes it uh, just doesn't work out that way. So one thing that one of our listeners said on the Facebook page that she wished she had known was how hard it was to stop the self-soothing things like taking away a pacifier or taking away a bottle. She had a real challenge with that. And I think that's a great example of how everybody's journey is so different because I can imagine you see kids at the playground, three, four, sometimes five years old with a pacifier, and I in no way think that that's odd. I think kids hang on to things. They are comforted by that. Yeah, they do. And you read somewhere that They'll just stop, I guess. I don't know. You say, oh, they'll stop. They'll get used to not having it. And some kids, this just in, do not get used to it. It's their world. And it becomes like, you know, like for us, certain things are just like commonplace and just like in our lives daily that we're just like, yeah, need it, want it. My son had a pacifier or a paw. That's what we call a paw. He bought it a paw. (laughs) I called it a paw. He had it for, I started shoving it in his mouth when I needed like, a second. And then he was like, mm, this nice. Thanks, mama. And I was like, oops. But it wasn't a habit for him. As soon as like we took him to the dentist and told him, of course, the dentist was like, does he think I'm pacifier? I'm like, yeah, yeah, a little bit. And they were like, okay. As he was starting to get his like bottom teeth, it was starting to shift. So it's like, you know, maybe we can like stop that. And he was like, yeah, sure. Okay, here you go. It was fun while it lasted. I was like, oh, thank you. Heavens. Yeah, but that's amazing. So your transition wasn't too bad. Not, not bad at all. A lot of this stuff, too, they're phases, and they end as fast as they started sometimes. Yes, sometimes that happens, and you were like, oh, that was so much easier than I thought it was going to be. I hear that, too, from friends about nursing, too. Even if you are fully on solid foods and you're nursing really for comfort, right? Like a minute at bedtime or a minute before nap, and it's just part of your routine, and it's a comfort to your kid. And then all of a sudden, either they say, I'm all done. I'm good. Whatever they call it. My son used to call it milcha. I'm good. I'm good. I'm full. Thank you so much. And sometimes it's because something else happens. 
a lot of time, you know, in a previous episode, we talked about positive peer pressure for eating, yes. like bringing a good eater over. Mm-hmm. And maybe perhaps that helps in the opposite way when kids start to have friends from preschool or from the neighborhood or whatever. And they see that they're the only one who still has, you know, nummies or whatever you want to call it. My son <laughs> called it milch, milch, milch. milch. <laughs> And then they say, you know, like a friend's son just recently said, am I the only kid left who does this? You know, like really (laughs) cognizantly like figured that out. It was so great. So there might be life shifts, you know, benchmarks that they have hit that they don't even know they did. And then all of a sudden they don't need that thing anymore. Totally. So I wish that for all of you because I know how hard it can be. (laughs) You know what, Molly? I actually have like just a couple practical, like nobody told me this. Great. That I think will help. Just sidebar. Couple things. Double up on your waterproof fitted sheet. Yeah. Okay. Do that. Because that will help in the middle of the night. Someone told us this when I was pregnant with my first one. And we're like, okay, sure, whatever. And then we're like putting the be- the crib together. We're like, oh, wait, yeah, didn't so. So he's like, yeah, sure, let's see what, whatever that means. And it was a lifesaver for middle of the night changes because all you have to do is just change that first fitted waterproof sheet and wablammy, you have a clean mattress, you have a fresh fitted sheet underneath. I it's love all that. good. And you can go right back to sleep without having to do like all, the, you know, change it a crib. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Because also in the middle of the night, you have one eye open. One. You have no pants on. None. Too constricting. So you're going into that nursery to change your poor things who had a, you know, a pee or a poop or a vomit episode. And the last thing you want to do is try and get a fitted sheet onto a crib mattress. Whoever came up with fitted sheets, you know what? Boo on you. Boo. Boo on you. Double boo. Boo on you. With you on that. Also, how do you fold them? How do you fold them? I don't. I roll them up. I roll them up in a ball. I do too. I throw them. I roll them up in a ball and I throw them and then I curse at them. (laughs) (laughs) So you definitely don't want to deal with that in the middle of the night. I think that's a great practical tip. Did you say you had another one? Learn CPR. Learn infant CPR. That's a good one. Do it. Because my first had a choking incident in a restaurant, right? And my first instinct was to help him, but it was also to panic. Sure. And I looked around. I remember it was like a movie moment. Everything went into slow motion. I'm looking at my husband who's just like looking at me like, what do we do? And then I look around the restaurant and I yell, he's choking, somebody help me. And everyone was looking at me blankly and helplessly. And I was like, oh my God, I have to figure this out. Thankfully, I had had, there was a situation in an office that I worked at years before where someone had had a heart attack and my boss made us take a two-day CPR course and infant CPR was part of it. And it was just like, as soon as like all that drama like ceased, my instinct kicked in and my CPR mind kicked in. And I was like, oh, right, I'm in charge. I can do this. I know how to do this. And I saved my son. Seriously, though, kudos to both you on saving your son and your boss. What a wonderful, even though it took a very... Yeah, unfortunately. But even though it took, you know, a moment of... I don't want to say trauma. Oh, no, it was, no, it was a little traumatic. It was a little traumatic, for sure. Yes, it does sound traumatic. Even though it took a moment of trauma for that to happen, how wonderful that they were proactive enough to have you guys take that course. For sure. And not unlike riding a bike, after that initial panic subsided, you were able to kick in those instincts. That's pretty awesome. Kicked in. Kicked in. So 
take a CPR course because it's not I don't think it's we took like a birthing course, but it wasn't I think it was like maybe two seconds of it. But take like a a real CPR course and just for anything so that if you find yourself in the restaurant and some poor helpless mother is looking at you with panic in their eyes, you know what to do and you can help them. And then I have one last one. Sure. Schedule date nights. Good one. Right. Because once you do have a child and you like your partner, perforce this child, that all might change. So you have to make the time to like kind of sort of like them again. Yeah. And that time with baby can really, kids can really get in the way sometimes. Mm -hmm. So schedule up that time. And can I tell you something, may I add to that? What we tried to do and did not work (laughs) was we tried to schedule it for after the baby went down. No. So the baby went down at like 6.45, 7 o'clock, something like that. And then we thought that we would do, I'm sure we read it somewhere, quote unquote, or whatever, that like then you put on lip gloss or, you know, or whatever your mode of feeling fancy is. (laughs) For me, it's a gloss. It's a nice gloss. Give me a gloss. And then we were going to like, you know, have a nice dinner. By the time the baby goes down, you know, this is kind of connected to the sleep when the baby sleeps thing. By the time the baby went down, I said... My husband's name is David. I said, David, I don't think I can do this now. <laughs> like, we need someone to come here <laughs> and then relieve us. And then we will leave. And then we will have the date. Because if I'm at home and the kid's sleeping, lights out. You know, I am just as tired as that baby is. Lights out. Lights out. Knocked out. Yep. Yep. Lights out. Uh-huh. Sleep, sleep, sleep. Lights out. <laughs> yeah. So that was tough. And I think it is hard. And I also realized, particularly during the pandemic, that it does take a village and during a pandemic or if you have moved far away from your family or to a place newly like I did. We moved when I was eight and a half months pregnant. It was a very hard time to make friends because I was home with the baby and just trying to keep us both alive. So sometimes it's hard. But if you can get on, you know, a website that your local website or a national website like care.com or something do the best you can and i know it's hard it's hard and some people were fine some people at seven o'clock put their kid down and be like let's do it and then set that (laughs) table and have a nice stay-at-home date it just didn't work for me also i'm going to say this and it might not apply to everybody but i do know a lot of people who have scheduled nights of intimacy oof don't touch me i know kidding i know (laughs) okay one night a week you can touch me (laughs) But I think that that helped for some couples as well to try and keep that connection. All right, let's go back to the kiddos for a second. One thing that came up, and this is sort of a baby into toddlers thing, because now we're kind of be moving into more toddler age three and up type stuff. But I think this applies really from when they start taking solid foods at six months old is one mom on our Facebook page found it so often better to not react to demands for attention. She had been getting this, you know, mixed messaging from whatever the books or the blogs or the websites. I mean, we're all trying to be better parents, right? And so she was trying to embrace saying yes. And she realized and had the transition period that saying yes isn't always a great idea. Sometimes having no reaction is better than even, you know, a yes reaction, constantly catering to your child's baby's whims, for example. So, for instance, this listener named Lauren said, it can just be hard to ignore when your sweet baby turns into a pterodactyl (laughs) who pitches items off the high chair. (laughs) And I was like, yes, it can be so hard to ignore. Mm -hmm. Do the best you can, of course. But, you know, moving into the feeding phase or whatnot, 
you're going to have a kid who knows that when they dump that Cheerio bowl on the floor, you'll come running and that's what they want. They don't want you doing dishes. Leave the room. <laughs> that's what I do. You did? Yes. I put them at a safe mm-hmm. distance from floor to table. And if you went there or if you go there, I'm out. Yeah. and they- I'm out. I'm out. Go ahead. Make a mess. Throw all you want. You know who's not going to clean it up right this second? Right. Me. Yeah, mama. Because that's what they want. They want you to be near them all the time. They don't want you to have your own life. No. They don't want you to cater to your own mental health. Why would they do that? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) So give yourself the grace to try everything, but sometimes it's okay to not immediately react to your adorable. (gasps) Also, they are so cute. Aren't they like six oh, so months cute. old when they start oh. that solid food? <gasps> oh, so cute. That's when they're at their chubbiest. They got those chicken nugget feet. And then those, their little personalities come out, too, where you're just like, oh, my God, that's so me. Or, oh, my God, that's so me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> then they start to do and find things that are just so them that you've never seen before. You've never said you've never done. And somehow they have found these hilarious traits to take on. And it's the best, the best best it is and they're chunky sometimes with those rolls yes so now we're talking a little bit about you know listen this is called toddler purgatory so we had some amazing answers on the facebook page so so one you know the way to sum it up i found was toddlers are no longer babies they are hard toddlers can be hard (laughs) this is things that people said they have opinions oh do they have opinions Oh, and most of the time I'm just like, keep it to yourself. Because they're sharing them all with you? All of them. Yes. <laughs> all of them. And now my son has this thing, too, where if he needs to tell me anything, he whispers it oh. into my ear. Really close, too? Like, really close? Just really close. Like, he climbs up onto me and he's like, oh, ma-, like, he speaks to me in a normal tone. Like, ma, mommy, mom, mom. Yeah. What's up? What's up, dude? And then he climbs on top of me and then into my ear and he's like, um, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go get some water. <laughs> Why is it so sweaty? Why is the breath so sweaty? It always is. It is when my son does it too. When my son tells secrets, it's wet and sweaty. I don't know how. I don't know how. Personal space. That's another thing they don't tell you. Mm-hmm. The constant touching mm-hmm. and like mangling in your personal space. Yes. It's like, what? <clears throat> yes. I read also about someone who said, I am touched out. By 10 a.m. <laughs> I thought that was a great way to put it. Touched out. That is dead on. Yes. I'm touched out. Don't touch me. And can you imagine? You have two. That's when the whole like scheduling the intimacy thing that that's like, I'm like, oh, no, don't touch. I'm touched out. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You should also <laughs> schedule intimacy breaks, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a, a red circle with a line through it over days when you will not be touched. <laughs> no touching. Not today. Yeah, and, and you have two kids, and I have one. I really feel Ugh. for the parents with three, four, five, six kids, Oof. seven, eight kids. Oof. I'm really, I'm with you. Solidarity. You feel like one of those, like, touch books. <laughs> you know, they have, like, the different, like, oh, yeah, like, textures on the book. <laughs> That's what I feel like sometimes. They're like, oh, let me touch. Oh, this is more of a corduroy. Oh, <laughs> this is a chickadee. Chickadee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is fuzzy. Oh, those are your legs. Oh, you got fuzzy legs, Mom. Mine are more spiky. I have more porcupine quill legs. (laughs) One thing they don't tell you about toddlers, y'all, they change their mind on a dime all day long. And you may have seen those things. What is that Instagram or Twitter account? Rather, things. I thought it was so funny. Things that made my toddler cry today. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
And it was always like, I didn't give him the notebook. And he's crying. And then the next one, he's holding the notebook. And it was, I gave him the notebook. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's so funny. And now I'm like, oh, that's so real. That's not funny. So, yeah, right? That's my life. It'll murder your soul. You cannot win. The biggest challenge for me is like staying calm and remembering that this might only last a minute. Yeah, that's it. I'm like, I got to conserve that energy, that mom energy. She's tired. She's touched out by 10 a.m. She is touched out and she is tired. Yes. She's ready for the bed. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And it's also like with sleeping too, right? You always think like you're on track. Yes, 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 yes. My kid is asleep and has like these long stretches. Then all of a sudden on a dime. It's like, come busting out of the room 2 a.m. for the next four weeks. Yep. And it's like, what am I doing wrong? What is happening? And it's like nothing. And then like four weeks is up and it's just like, up. Oh, just turns out they're just like, want a little extra cuddle at 2 a.m. Right. And it's never the same. It's the sleep thing, that's a thing. Thing. That's something nobody tells you. That's something nobody tells you. Katie, who's one of our listeners, she, her advice is, Keep them in their cribs as long as possible. As long as they pop, even if they crawl out of them. We have our kid, he's four and a half now, and he's in, he has a toddler conversion Mm -hmm. crib or whatever. So now the side is Mm -hmm. down and it has just the half Mm -hmm. side that goes halfway Mm -hmm. across. And I'm pretty sure he's going to have to start sleeping diagonally, but I am holding off on that twin bed. (laughs) I'm just holding off. Yeah. Because I'm like, even that one little thing that protects him from falling out, like, saves me a night's sleep. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? Because I know that he's not going to be able to get out. Yeah. Yeah. So many ups and downs. When you think your kid has slept through the night, think again. (laughs) Think again. You might have a good few months and then we're back, baby. Yeah. Speaking of we're back, hey, we'll be back in just a minute with more things nobody told us. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt 
free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And now, things you never thought you would ever have to say to another human being. But then you had kids. From Toddler Purgatory. You know what? I I would like to talk to you about this more when we both have on clothes and neither of us is peeing. Okay? You are not riding the cat. You're just sitting on the cat. Get off the cat! Oh, honey, of course your imaginary friend who is a unicorn and a nurse can come to dinner. Does she like pasta? Oh, hush, hush. You don't have to scream at the top of your lungs. I'm literally sitting 16 inches away from you. Shh. You know what? I think I reached my butt cheek quota for the day. Yeah, no more butt cheeks, guys. Yes. <sighs> yes, your brother is going to live with us forever. He's your brother? No, there's absolutely no chance that we're going to give him away to another family. Where are you getting this from? Oh, honey, I'm sorry you're upset that your arms are too heavy, right? Um... I don't think I can help you with that problem, though. Okay, here's the rule. You have to keep your pants on during church. Yes, the entire whole time. Yes. There is no time you should ever be without pants in church, okay? Pull them up! Pull them up! And this has been things you never thought you would have to say to another human being in your lifetime, and then you had kids. From Toddler Purgatory. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory, where we are discussing the things that nobody told us. And let me tell you, this is a myth. And this is people say, oh, how old is she? Two. Oh, the terrible twos. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, terrible twos is a front to keep you from knowing how bad the threes and the fours are. Okay. As Jewel says on Facebook, and she says, and otherwise, you may list them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> If you only knew. That is so funny. Because if we all think that the terrible twos is the worst of it, when they get through that, we'll be like, guess it's all fine after this. Ah, shooey. Yes. And another listener, Cassandra, agrees and says, actually, her two-year-olds were pretty easy. But she says, please just let me skip right on to age five, because I don't think I'll survive another three-nager or four-nado. Ha, 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 ha. Fornado, I love that. Fornado makes me laugh real hard. <laughs> and so true. What is that Samuel L. Jackson movie? Snake Nado or No, it's the uh, Sharknado. Oh, I'm thinking of Sharknado. <laughs> they should make a movie called Fornado. Fornado. Yes, indeed. Just a bunch of four year olds just caught in a what do you call those? A vortex, a spinning <laughs> ah! But they're caught in a life threatening situation, but still fighting over Legos. Or still fighting over, like, the yellow monster truck or the green monster truck. In every other way, those monster trucks are the same. But I will knock you on the ground and pull your hair out if you take the yellow one, not the green one. And I'm like, get off of him! <laughs> oh, Fornado is so right. You know what I learned, Blair, or in my experience? Part of twos were a two-tastrophe. That's not a thing, but let's make it one. But good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Thanks. It's going to be very fetch. It was a two-tastrophe. But then... Part of twos was amazing, and I couldn't believe what a good, you know, commercial. He should be the kid should be in commercials, like this great kid. Then we become three, and we find our three nature, and then we have some months that are fine. So, like the upshot from my experience is that it was a wild ride. Yes, it peaks and valleys. 
peaks and valleys. Twos, for sure, we had some terrible twos, and we had some great twos. We had some three-nagers, and we had some great three-year-old times. Mm -hmm. Four has been a wild ride. And four, for me, is like week by week. Oh, yeah. It's not like a few months here, a few months there. It's like one week is fine. The next week, I can't believe it's the same child. Now, for you, for the four, so our two sons were born literally within days of each other. So is it the same with you? I feel like your son is so much more mellow <laughs> than my fornado. I think it's because, no, listen, he has his fornado moments, faux show. But I think it's because he's got this two-year-old who is, you know, two terrible, three major fornado. She's all of them combined. So yeah, she kind of like trumps it all, but. He has his moments. He has his moments for sure. Yes, for sure. And also we have moments where I can't believe four is also a time in our experience where he has truly, I think because he goes to preschool, because he has friends in the neighborhood who he's learning from, both good and bad, I'm sure. But like he is bringing these personality aspects and hilarious ways of doing things into our home that we belly laugh every day because of the things that he is, we are discovering in him that we don't have. Like, we did not give him these traits. He is his own person. And it's an incredible... Yeah, like, where did that come from? Where did that go? Where'd you learn that? It was sometimes good, sometimes bad. But mostly, I mean, he is just his own person. And that's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible to observe. So, like, that's yeah. one thing nobody told me that I've loved discovering on our own is what a human being he is becoming. And of yes. course, we see it, you know, like you said, from, you know, three months, six months old, he makes facial expressions now that he started making six, eight months old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But to truly be his own person, I think four is a time when our conversations with him have truly opened our eyes to what a little human being he's becoming on his own. And that's amazing. Totally. It's amazing. But along those lines, this is the thing that kind of like messes me up that no one told me is that you have these conversations with your kids and you're just like, oh my God, oh my goodness. But then they don't know like common sense things like mm -hmm. directions, right? Like, oh, do me a favor. Just grab me that piece of paper that's right next to your foot. Nope. The other foot. Nope. Down by, you know where your toes are? Down there. <laughs> Right. And then you'll be like, oh, to your right. And like, oh, no, they don't know right or left. Okay. Now look behind you. And they like, look directly dead in your eye. No, behind you. It's those little things like that that you're just like, oh, wait, they don't know like smart anything. Common sense things. That's true. And actually, a listener said that on the Facebook page. She said, nobody told her that you had to teach them absolutely everything. Everything. It's so true. And you forget mm -hmm. every stage. And especially when they start acting like humans that do know things. It's just like, oh, right. You don't know how to do that. Yes. Ugh, let me teach you. Yes. Our son is starting to ride a bike now. Mm. And it's mm. like teaching him about the way you have to pedal. <laughs> Where down is, like, push down on the push, pedal. No, push down. It's sort of like going forward, but also down at the same time. It's forward and down. You know what? Forget it. <laughs> Never mind. Just pick your head up. Just look straight. Yeah. No, 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 not not down. Look. Yeah. And you're just like, and you say it the same thing every time. Forward. Every time. No, forward. It's true. When you turn your head and I'm in front of you, then that's forward, I suppose. But when I say forward, I mean the place that the bike is pointing. <laughs> and then you're like explaining yourself out of it. Like, am I going crazy? Am I having a mental attack right now? What is happening? <laughs> Do I know what down means? Do, where is down? Someone help me. Where is down? 
You just lose your mind. You're like, I'm losing my mind. So much about being a toddler parent is feeling like you're losing your mind. I am mentally incapable of everything. I have no concept of what a rational thought is. And I don't know which way is down. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's so true. Oh, here's another way in which in which you lose your mind. Nobody told me that food, not unlike most opinions that toddlers have, as we said earlier, the food they love today, they could hate tomorrow. Don't want it. With the passion of a thousand sons. <laughs> Don't want it. And by sons, I mean S-U-N, not S-O-N. <laughs> a thousand, I mean, passionate. I can't believe how many times I'm like, ooh, and your favorite green beans or whatever it is. It's not green beans, but ooh, your favorite carrots. And he goes, I don't yike carrots. I don't yike those, mom. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. The previous four years tells me differently. But today you hate it with the passion of a thousand daughters. Great. Like it's <laughs> just wild. It's just wild. It's the absolute worst. Or like the containers in which they're served in. Yeah, no one tells you that. Right. How many like travel bento boxes have you gotten because they've been rejected? Oh, they're too big. They're too small. They don't have enough astronauts on them. They have way too many astronauts on them. Just complete rejection of whatever it is because of the container the food is served. Right. They don't taste right when they come out of the green cup. Yeah. But the exact same make and model in the red cup. Delish. Tastes better out of delish. Sure. Sure. Sure, kid. One of our listeners, Michelle says, buying in bulk is pointless with a toddler. She's absolutely right. Tear up that Costco card. Just kidding. She's never tear up your right. Costco card. <laughs> Don't do that because they give out good samples. Sometimes that's how I eat. Yeah. And they have everything. So true. But food wise... <laughs> Don't do it. The only thing you should buy in bulk for kids is somehow they never dislike halos. Oh, those little tangerines. And for some reason, the tangerines are, I think they're mandarins, right? For some reason, the mandarins with the cutest names do taste the best. <laughs> they're like cuties, peels with a Z. Halos. Halos, because they're little angels. <laughs> they're the angels of the orange world. They are. They're, man, they're good though, right? So tasty. It's a solid snack. So good. That's the only thing. Parents, it's the only thing that you should buy in bulk. Little, tiny, yes. cute oranges that have cute names. They can have as many of those as they want. So another thing that one of our listeners said, which I thought was really good, was sort of a timing thing. Because the Terrible Twos, the Three Nagers, the Four Nados, as we know, they can turn on a dime. And we talk about this, one of our other episodes as well, which is getting ahead of the meltdown. And so one of our listeners says, leave, like, if you're at the playground and you have the gut feeling that it's time to go, pack it up. You need to follow that. Pack it up. Leave before the meltdown. And we were at a bit of a play date at the playground and me and the other mom, it was really funny. She's a buddy of mine too, which is nice when you have a connection with another parent. And we both kind of sensed, neither of us wanted it to end because also mom friends are important to have. So important. No matter how cool you are, you need mom friends. Yep. You need mom friends. Parent friends, dad friends, somebody who's in the trenches with mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And so this mom and I are in the trenches together with our same age, same temperament kids. And we both, I think I maybe even said to her something like, I think we should go. I don't want to, <laughs> yeah. but I think we should go. And she said, yeah, us too. Like we both were like, ooh, we've been... Ignoring those guts. You felt that cool wind blowing. Yep. You felt that cool wind blowing. For me, it's a hot wind. It's like that fiery <laughs> toddler wind. 
I was like, oh, their play is getting very pointed. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yes. stick, rock, yeah. basketball, down the slide. And I was like, oh, okay, we're getting, we've drifted into, we need to go land. But I have to say, by the time we left, only one of them was in a 100% complete meltdown. So one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> Woo. At least it wasn't two. Leave before the meltdown. If you can, it's hard when you're hanging out with your other parent friends. <laughs> That's true. When you're just in it and you're like, oh, I'm having a conversation with an adult. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. That's something that they don't tell you. Mm -hmm. When you are, especially in lockdown with children, you're not going to have normal conversations. And then at the end of your day, you're touched out, you're tapped out, you're talked out that you don't even want to talk to your, <laughs> to your significant other. No, thanks. So then you just end up starting your day the next day with, please put your clothes back on. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> That's just in my house. Okay, good. Nobody told me how <laughs> naked butts you'd see. Oh, listen, every day I am dealing with this two-year-old who will not keep her clothes on. I take it off, mama. No, you keep it on, girl. It's tough because you also think to yourself, kids know what the natural state is, and that is naked. Exactly. They, you think like after a while, like, oh, okay, like she knows it's time to put your clothes on. Nope. She is naked yet again. After we have fully gotten dressed, after we have made the preparations for the day and gone through all of the yep. things, this girl will come out of her room, hair done, teeth brushed, socks on, like a... Tom Cruise in Risky Business, she comes out, da -na 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 -na. <laughs> slides out on her socks. She's a real cutie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so listen, you guys, we had so much fun reading the hundreds of responses on the Facebook page and also adding our own here today. There's so many things you learn uh, from other people that you can apply and that you can't apply and things nobody told you. Hey, Blair. Yeah. I think we should go for two episodes on this one. What do you think? Let's do it. We have so much more to talk about. So much more. There's so much that people don't tell you about. We are here to help you out. I oh, mean, gosh. so here's a funny thing that Jane, one of our listeners said, she says, no matter how hard you try or how great of a parent you are, toddlers are beep holes and society will judge you. <laughs> Which I thought was so funny. And also a thing that just kept coming up is that, y'all, everything is a phase. Power through. Everything is a phase and also this. Every mom and dad out there for that guilt and that exhaustion that you feel, just know at the end of the day, too, you are everything that your kid needs. They don't want or ask for anything more than what you give them. Well, sometimes they want more yogurt and sometimes they do want the Cheetos in the red cup and not the green cup. But you are it and you are doing it. You are doing it. And also, I want to leave us with this thought. Even if you are alone, if you're a single parent or you're the a co-parent with someone who is deployed or ill or that kind of thing, and you feel alone and you feel exhausted, know that you're not alone. You're not never alone. So many other parents are going through exactly what you're going through right now. And we send you our love mm -hmm. and we send you our support. Because it can be so exhausting. It can be infuriating. It can also be beautiful and it can be hilarious. And just know that you, just like Blair said, you're everything that your kid needs and you are not alone. And I would send you a care package, but I don't have that kind of money time. <laughs> We're sending you mental and emotional care packages right now. <laughs> <laughs> mental emotional care package. <laughs> and listen, you guys should tune into the next episode. I'm just going to leave you with this. Kimberly, one of our listeners, says, 
One thing she wished she had known was that you should not try to wean and potty train at the same time, unless you enjoy hell. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be back with all that and more in part two of Things Nobody Ever Told Us. No one told me that. Nobody told me that. If you think of it, we would love it if you would like, subscribe, rate, or review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're a brand new podcast. We're so excited to be here with you. We'd love to make some more. I'm Molly Lloyd. I'm Blair Brooks. Listen, thanks, y'all. We'll see you next time. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.